this is Jesse, and I'm the editor of Angelic Magazine. For this podcast, I'm interviewing Callie and Lauren from Lighthouse Phoenix. Lighthouse Phoenix is an organization of women that go into strip clubs and they build relationships with the women who entertain at these establishments. The heart of Lighthouse Phoenix is to build community with these women, as well as to empower them by reminding these women of their worth. You can check out Lighthouse Phoenix at lighthousephoenix.com, and I hope you enjoy this podcast. I wanted to inform myself, but I also wanted to inform people who listen to the magazine podcast or to who read the magazine. What exactly do you do? So what do you do? So there's a group of us women who are all friends. And once a month, we go um, out into the city of Phoenix and we visit um, the gentlemen's clubs, the strip clubs where the women are working. And we go into these clubs and we bring them a little gift, um, which consists of a lip gloss. And then it also has our card in there. And we just visit them. We we give them a hug. Um, we just we say hi. We just tell them that you know we're we're there for, we're here for them. We um, we care about them. We love them. And um, and if they need anything at all, they can uh, they can reach out to us. We would love to hear from them. And on our card, we have our website and our hotline number. So they have two different avenues to connect with us. So in your magazine feature, one of the questions I asked was, what is the greatest misconception about the women you serve? What, Mm -hmm. if you can expand on that, what is the (laughs) misconception that, I'll be honest, I've never been to a strip club. I don't go to strip clubs. Mm -hmm. Uh, I know when people hear strippers, the word strippers, you kind of have an assumption. What are some of those wrong assumptions that people have? Mm -hmm. I would say the biggest is that the women working in the industry, in the strip clubs, that they want to be there. Um, So 89% of the women working in the sex industry say that they want to leave, but they feel that they have no other means of survival. Mm -hmm. And in in our experience, we've never, as a team or even individually speaking with the women that we serve, we've never met one woman who says that she loves what she does or that that's what mm-hmm. she dreams of doing. Um, so I would mm-hmm. say that would be the the biggest misconception. Also, it's not glamorous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. That is another major misconception. It's there's nothing glamorous about it, and it's not even financially lucrative Mm-mm. as the culture would want us to believe it is. So when right. you say not glamorous, can you elaborate more on that? Like, what do you mean? What is the reality? So just to kind of paint you a picture. So I know on Grand Avenue, there's multiple gentlemen's clubs. Mm-hmm. And, and there's Grand Avenue in Phoenix for people listening. And one time I was driving and there's one call. I don't want to give them publicity, but I thought it was like a, a fishing restaurant. Oh, yes. I could mm-hmm. see that. I know which. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we know but which the, one you're talking But but then once you look at that, the sign off the road, it's like, wow, that's not our family restaurant. It's a, and so when you say not glamorous, what, what is the reality of it? Because I don't think this is something that the church really talks about women in this type of industry. Mm -hmm. Well, the, the environment in these clubs is very, is very dark. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and we spend a lot of time in the dressing rooms with these women, you know, dropping off gift bags and, and having conversations with them to get to know them. And they're typically like they're typically not in a good place. Um, a lot of them are complaining about the men um, that are that are there, the customers and how they're being treated. Like they're not being treated, you know, with respect. Um, and they basically, it sounds like they don't have control, um, over a lot of the situations, like with the customers. Um, and it's just not a pleasant environment. And so a lot of, a lot of times we'll hear them complain about being there and working there. Are the women receptive to what you women are doing? They're very receptive. Um, they greet us with smiles and they hug us. Um, a lot of them will thank us for coming, mm-hmm. thank us for the lip gloss. Um, so, yes, the the women that we reach, are they're very receptive. And I would say that a majority of the managers are also very receptive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're, we've spent, it'll be seven years in October that we've existed, and we've spent um, all these years building relationships with these clubs. And that includes, of course, the women that are working in there, um, but also the managers. Mm-hmm. Um, they know, they recognize us when we come up to the door. They, they know who we are, and we know who they are, too. We take mm-hmm. lots of notes, and so we write down all of their names. So what is it like for you, just your own personal experiences, journeys of what has been your personal experience in building these relationships like? Because it's not a normal thing. Like, no. I, don't, I don't know you women, but you seem like suburban women. And <laughs> going into to strip clubs and building relationships with strip club managers. Like, what, no, what, right. what, what, is that, what does that look like? And what is that experience like? Oh, well, yeah. So neither one of us have worked in the industry no. before. Um, but we... <laughs> On teams, when I when I volunteered with um, a similar uh, organization in L.A., uh, where I was trained to to do the outreach, um, a lot of women that were part of the team used to be in the industry. Um, but currently, we currently we don't have anybody on our team that has worked in the industry. Um, but we've had like like I said, we've had a lot of experience, years of experience, you know, going into the clubs, and so you definitely know it's a god thing. <laughs> Um, uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely a God thing being called to, um, you know, to reach this population and to go to these places, Mm -hmm. um, that a lot of people wouldn't want to go to or, and don't go and don't go to. Right. Um, and so, so yeah, it, when I first started doing this type of outreach over 10 years ago, um, I just, just wanted to to volunteer at my church and to serve and so I thought I would I would give it a shot you know I wasn't afraid to go into these places mm-hmm. you know Jesus hung out with everyone mm-hmm. and so I wasn't afraid um, to go into these places and I enjoy meeting new people I enjoy hearing people's stories I um, I, I I like to think I have um, a gift of encouraging you know other women or other people other women and um, and so it was just a good fit for me and my personality I'm also a speech therapist I like to talk <laughs> so that helps. <laughs> Um, but I, you know, but, but also I had mentioned I was trained by an organization in LA and that made a huge difference. So what does training look like? And the reason why I ask is for somebody who maybe in their own city might want to do something like this. And you talked about your training and it's probably giving you confidence to be able to walk into Mm -hmm. an establishment like this. What, what Mm -hmm. does your training look like? 
Um, well, I would I would recommend going to the Treasures Training in L.A. The founder is Harmony Dust, and she she was um, or she used to work in the industry um, years ago, and um, she made a decision to follow Jesus as her Lord and Savior, and got out, and then felt compelled to start going back in to to reach these women. Um, she also you know, went back to school and, and got some degrees, but, and she's also written a couple books uh, with her story, which is incredible. And so she does training national trainings, um, two times a year. And so, um, I've, I went through her training and then almost everybody on our team has been through the training mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. And it's, um, two or three days. I think now it's two or three days out in LA. And yeah. so that is the best. That's what I would recommend if people are interested in starting this up. And I 100% agree with with Kelly. So mm -hmm. I was personally trained by Kelly when I first joined the Lighthouse team. And then a couple years ago, I went out to the Treasures training. And I would say that it, it really helped me. Um, it really built my confidence um, and and just really really gave me some some amazing tools to um, to bring mm -hmm. back to Phoenix to the clubs that we visit here. Mm -hmm. So why do you have a heart for these women in particular? What inspires you to do your organization and to meet with me? Like what, what inspires you to keep going? Mm -hmm. Well, I would have to say I've always had a heart for um, women who have been in the sex industry. Um, when I was a teenager, I realized human trafficking still existed. Um, and that's really what started to break my heart. Um, and I knew I had to do something. Mm -hmm. I would say after my first lighthouse outreach, I went back into the, the outreach van and I just heard this silent whisper from the Lord. And he said, this is why you were created. You were created to bring light into dark places. And that's really what, what fuels me is knowing that the light that Jesus has given me, um, the hope that I have mm -hmm. in him, um, and my mission and my vision is just to bring hope in the form of a lip gloss and to brighten mm -hmm. uh, the day and the evening of every single girl that I meet and just hopefully make her day with a little lip gloss. Mm -hmm. Do you have any thoughts on that, Kelly? Oh yeah, um, I would. I would have to say the women that um, that we've helped over the years, um, just to be used by God, even in small ways, mm -hmm. um, by planting seeds for Him in the hearts and lives of these women, just make it just so worthwhile. You know, like yeah, the risk and. Um, and just going into that that difficult and, and dark environment, um, there was uh, there's a, a young lady that reached out to us shortly after we started Lighthouse here in Phoenix, and her name her name is Dallas, and she wouldn't mind us using her name at all. Um, and she reached out I she reached out to us when she found out she was pregnant, and she was working in the clubs, and I met her when she was dancing on the pole. I went I walked into the club and I gave her a gift bag while she was on the pole dancing. And she jumped down from the pole and she gave me the biggest hug. 
And as her eyes were like watering, she said, thank you so much. Like this is, she's like, thank you. And do I, do I owe you anything? I'm like, no, just receive this. And, you know, um, I care about you. I love you. If you need anything, just, you know, uh, reach out to us. So two months later, she reached out and she told me that she was pregnant. And that was um, probably six years ago. And to this day, she's one of my closest friends. Um, and she's also friends with other members on our lighthouse team. She left the industry. She got an associate's degree. She's a wonderful mother. She's making good decisions for herself and for her daughter. And I mean, she, it's, it's incredible to see, to have a front row seat to God transform a heart and a life. Yes. And I mean, we, we planted seeds. Yeah. But you know, God did the ultimate transformation and it's just, it's very humbling and it's such an honor to be used by him in this way. And just to have, like I said, to have a front row seat to that, it's pretty incredible. So what would you say to men who go to these clubs? What is the proper word? Uh, what word do you like? Is for uh, club in- like inappropriate? Uh, no, you can, no, you can say that. Yes. You can say gentlemen's club or strip club or yeah, it doesn't matter. Okay, so for guys who like we're gonna go to the strip club, whatever hour of the day it is, what would you say to them? What would you want to say to them? Mm. And here's why I ask. So <laughs> I, I, I mentioned driving on Grand Avenue, and I had known that we were featuring your organization, and I said it's like the middle of the afternoon. Like, what are all those cars doing there? You know, like, what do they do? Like, do they just show up in the middle of the afternoon and go watch girls strip? Yeah, yes. So what would you say to to all of those cars in those parking lots? Oh, that's a a good question. (laughs) That's a tough question. Um, That is a tough question. We, you know, our, of course, our focus is all about the women when we're in these clubs. And it's, it's, it's so, it's so great on on how God really protects our eyes when we're in there. It's almost like we don't even see the customers, which is, which is great. Um, but I, you know, I will say that it's, it's not what, it's not what it seems, you know, it's, it's not what it's, what it seems, you know, 89% of these women don't even want to be there and they're miserable and, and they don't like how, how, you know, they don't like how men, I would say to a man, they don't like how you treat them when they're in the club. Um, you know, they don't want to be there. Uh, they don't, it's, they don't like how they're being treated. Um, and it's, yeah, I mean, that's, that's pretty much it. And then I, I would also just tell the men to think that the woman that they're watching, like that could be your sister, right? that could be your friend. Mm-hmm. One day that could be your daughter. And just, mm-hmm. would you want a man to treat your sister or your daughter or your wife or even your mother like that? Um, like, like how, how would you want a man to treat a woman in your life that's special to you would, would really be my question. Mm-hmm. So right. maybe you know, maybe you don't know, but how separate are the worlds of like strip clubs, human trafficking? Like, mm. is there, uh, are they closely tied together? Are they... Mm-hmm. What what are your thoughts on that? That's that's a great question. Um, so they they're all they're all connected in a way. Um, so women mm-hmm. who are human trafficked, some of them are trafficked into strip clubs. Some of them are working in strip clubs and mm-hmm. can be a pimp. Um, 
who they think is a customer and turns out he's a pimp and then they're groomed and then um, ultimately trafficked. Um, so, so they're all, mm-hmm. they're all connected. Yeah. It's all kind of under the same umbrella, right? So you have, yeah. So sex trafficking is like your umbrella underneath that is you have the, the strip clubs, you have prostitution, you have escorts, you have brothels. We go to brothels too. We go to strip clubs and brothels. So all of those things are under that umbrella of sex trafficking. And so for us going into these clubs, it's more of like, we're trying to, or it's more of like a preventative type thing. Um, like Lauren said, a lot of them will, um, will take it a step further, um, like start off in the strip club and then take it a step further and end up, um, being trafficked. If that makes sense. It does. So what is your end goal? I, I know. So you want to build relationships with the women. You want women to build up their lives. You want them to know that there are a support system for them. Right. Mm-hmm. What, what is the end objective for you? So our, um, we're, we're definitely, you know, always surrendered to the Lord and whatever his vision and mission is for Lighthouse. Um, so wherever he wants to take us, we, we are all for it and we're totally surrendered. So that's number one. Um, and, but some of the things that we have for goals for this year, um, would be to have more divine appointments. We call it, you know, hearts that are ripe and ready, um, to reach out to us more encounters with those women whose hearts are ripe and ready. So deeper conversations in the clubs, outside of the clubs. We'd like to start meeting these women for coffee outside of the club. We, um, we do have access to, to a, a, a huge list of resources and programs within the community that we can connect these women to. So we're in the process of getting to know these, you know, on a, a deeper level, these resources and community and, and programs within the community, like touring them and just talking to people that work, at, at them. Um, and then we're, we want to start a support group. So we've been, we would love to do that this year. Um, a support group for women coming out of the industry. Mm-hmm. And we are looking at having like a professional, like psychologist lead the group along with a survivor or, you know, we're still trying to, we're still praying a lot about it and, and working out the details, but, um, that would be a great next step for us. Mm-hmm. Do you have any thoughts on that, Lauren? Yeah, I definitely agree with mm-hmm. Kelly. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I would say, too, and, and I'm not sure if she covered over this or not, but um, deepening our relationship with um, with the clubs, but then mm-hmm. also just having um, having more conversations, like, like she said, with the girls outside the clubs and really creating mm-hmm. those friendships and leaving that legacy for, for Lighthouse that we're here, that we're not mm-hmm. coming into the ju- coming into the clubs judging. That's mm-hmm. not our heart. That's um, that's not what we're about. But it's really just loving the women mm-hmm. where they are, and it's letting them know that we're here for them mm-hmm. to support them in whatever way that we possibly can. Right. I can't tell you how many times we've heard, you know, when we've gone into the into various clubs that mm-hmm. we've heard, you know, you're back. Oh, oh, you're here again. You're yeah. back. And so we've learned over the years that that speaks volumes to these women that we just keep showing up mm-hmm. and we make ourselves available and, and we, we know and we trust the, the Lord and that he's using us to plant lots mm-hmm. of seeds mm-hmm. and that it's, it's in his timing when, 
as they start to reach out to us. Mm-hmm. And, and like Lauren said, you know, we're, you know, we go in there, we don't shove the Bible down their throat. Mm-hmm. We don't tell them that they're sinners and, yeah. and whatnot. Like we're, we just love them where they're at. Mm-hmm. And, um, and we just, you know, hope and pray that we get to, that they reach out to us so we can do life with them. And just remind them that they're valuable, that mm-hmm. they're loved, that mm-hmm. they have a destiny, that they have purpose, that mm-hmm. whatever dreams they had, say when they were a five-year-old little girl, it's not too late. Mm-hmm. They've not gone too far. Mm-hmm. It's, it's never too late. Mm-hmm. And we just want to remind them of, of that and really just ignite that hope that they can, they can still achieve whatever dreams they've set for themselves and that we're willing to, to do whatever we can to cheer them on and to, um, to support them as sisters. I have a couple more questions. So mm-hmm. something that, that is coming to mind. So I'm the youngest of five kids. All my siblings have children. Um, one of my nieces is 18, and she has a boyfriend who is turning 21. And for his 21st birthday, him and his friends are going to go to a strip club. And so mm-hmm. I asked her, I said, how do you feel about that? And she didn't really know. Like, she didn't really know. And so me, like, as her uncle slash big brother, I started, like, well, you know, here are the reasons why it's wrong. And... I have a friend, she got engaged, and her fiancé, for his bachelor party, they went to strip clubs, and I asked her, this this was a couple of years ago, I asked her, I'm like, doesn't it bother you that they're going? And she's like, well, you know, like, he was honest about it, at least I know what they're doing. What would you say to women whose boyfriends, fiancés, who are, who are going to strip clubs, like, what would you say to them as for, like, no, it's not okay, like, it's not okay. But what would you, as women in this industry, you know, trying to combat it, what would you say to those women whose boyfriends are going and, you know, even husbands going? That's so heartbreaking, really. Um, I mean, I would tell them to speak up. I think a lot of a lot of times they, they just won't say anything. They Maybe they don't know what to say and they don't want to tell them what to do and, and nag and all that. But, um, I just, I would encourage them to speak up and to tell like their boyfriend or their husband, how they really feel, truly feel about it. Mm-hmm. And, and even going back to what I would say to the men, I know you asked that a little, a little while ago, I would also share with the men that the women that are working in these clubs, like they are hurting. A lot of them are hurting and they are suffering. They are broken and they, like I said before, they don't, they don't want to be there. And there's a very high percentage of them that have been abused in their past. And so, um, there's a lot to these women that, that they don't know about. And, and they're, they're, and they're, they're human beings, you know, they're not objects. And I think just, um, just making that, just making that point to them, like these are real human beings. These are women who have a story and have families. A lot of single moms, a lot of single moms are working there to, to try to support their kids. And so I think if, if men that are going to these establishments knew the truth about these women, that I think a lot of them would, would, um, would, uh, second or they would question whether or not they, they really do want to go. So how do we let these men know that? organizations like yours here's part of the reason why i wanted to, to feature your organization yeah. is because so from a guy's perspective mm-hmm. I, I know like like i said i don't go to strip clubs and i've never been but mm-hmm. i know it's kind of a thing for guys to do whether there's the bachelor party whatever it is and from like a christian man perspective like jesus says don't even look, look at a woman lustfully because you've already committed adultery with her in your heart 
Um, so I can take the biblical stance, but from that human stance, it's like you're, you really are viewing her just as an object and you really are, you're, you're not valuing her for anything. You're going, whether it's to get drinks, get lunch, get dinner, whatever, and to be around naked women. Like, what's the, where's your heart in that? Uh, and part of my desire to feature your organization is, one, for people like my niece who's confused, like, I don't know, like, I don't know what to say. Um, I want her to see the realities. And so you telling me the realities, like, it's not as glamorous as people might think, or a lot of these women have been abused, or they come from, they're single moms just trying to make ends meet. This is good mm -hmm. information just for me, and I hope for people listening that uh, if they do have a sibling, a relative, a friend, whether it's a guy going to a strip club or a relative whose boyfriend, husband, fiance might be, that this is the reality of it. And so for me, this is my way of fighting back. Of Let's do a podcast. Let's feature them. Let's share their story. Um, expanding on that, what, what are your thoughts about how we can... Because ultimately, I'm kind of hardcore when it comes to things. When I ask you, like, what's your mission? My mission would be, like, I want to stop strip clubs. <laughs> you know, like, this is what we're doing. We're going to put a stop to it all. Um, <laughs> yes. And that's, and of course, I mean, of course, that's how we feel, but you, you have to go about it the right way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I know. And so that's why I say like, what, what, I guess if you could leave a lasting sentence to people listening to the podcast, what would you want them to know? Whether it's about your organization, the women who you serve, anything really, what, what would you, what would you want them to know? I mean, definitely we need more manpower. <laughs> I mean, that's, you know, we're, we're always praying for, for more people to come on board, you know, whether they join the prayer team, the outreach team, we need drivers, navigators. I mean, we, we definitely need more people to, to help us, you know? And I, and I think that if, if God puts, puts it on your heart, don't be afraid, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, he doesn't, you know, none of us are perfect and God doesn't call us to, to be perfect or, or even, you don't even have to be equipped. I mean, we train you. Yeah. But you know, God just wants an available heart. That's it. And I, and I learned that early on because I, I asked him, I said, well, what would I have in common with, with these women? I've never walked a day in their shoes. I don't, you know, why would you call me to do this? And the very first outreach I did, he made it very clear to me, you know, these are women just like, just like myself, you know, we, they're my sisters and we have a lot of the same dreams and goals in life. We actually do have a lot in common. And, um, and so I think just being, being open to be used by God in this way would be amazing. You know, um, God, I, I, we know God's putting it on people's hearts to do this and, and it's, and I think it can scare a lot of people. So, um, so don't be afraid. <laughs> I mean, if anything, just give it a try to see if it's a good fit for you. Um, you know, you might be surprised. <laughs> so, so when you say a good fit, are you meaning for them to start their own organization or are you meaning for them to like volunteer with organizations like yours? I, both. Okay. Both. Yep. There's and there's great and obviously I mentioned before there's great training available. Um, you know, tre treasures in LA is is I think the best one. Um, but you know we we train um, every new person on our team too, and we use the treasures protocol. So um, so yeah, we're not just going to send anybody in there without you know doing doing some training and preparing them. 